Well, good morning and welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad you are here. We're going to celebrate our Father in Heaven who is so good to us. We have freedom in Him. Amen. That's right. Clap your hands. Welcome those of you online. We worship the same God, our same Father in Heaven. Come on. Let's get our toes happy, blood pumping. Good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation and tongue, from generation to generation, we worship you.
you are good. And we're going to continue to worship you. We're going to let our lives be our worship as we testify about who you are. Because, Lord, you are good. I saw him fall at lightning. I saw darkness from for cover. But the miracle that I just kept it over. My name is registered in heaven. Yeah. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection Testimony from death to life. This grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Yeah. Come together. Sons and daughters, in blood and washed in water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Yes, our God will finish what He started. done yet. So let's sing this out. I'm not dead, not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. I'm not dead, not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. I'm not dead, not done. Greater things are still Testimony. This is my testimony. Yeah. 
Lord, it's all about you. Everything we do is about you, and that's why we worship you. You know, as life goes on, we, we come to a place where we meet God. And you may not recognize it is God, but he shows up. And unless we recognize him, we won't see who we can become in him. But as life goes on, it's almost like our hearts accumulate so many different things, whether it's a, a negative thing someone said or, or a tragic experience that we've gone through. And over time, what happens is our hearts, our minds, our soul, our spirit gets bombarded with life. And so when we come to know God, if we don't surrender to Him, then we know about God, but we don't have a relationship with Him. We sing songs to God, but it's not a song sung from the heart. We kind of go through the traditions. But today, we can make room for God. That's why we're here. We're not here to regather as a church. We're here so that we can be in His presence, that we can step into the presence of our God. And that only happens when we surrender it all. Religion is us trying to do everything possible so that God would love us, so that we would gain his favor, so that God could come to us and that we would be in this relationship with him. But we can't do it out of our own works. It's really a relationship that God has established by sending his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have this eternal life. God did the hardest thing so that you and I could just take one step closer to him got to surrender it to him and it's an act of the heart let's make room for God today as we sing this song together it might be new for you but it's not new for God let's lay it all down let's chase after him today here is where I lay it down every burden every crown this is my surrender this is my surrender here is where i lay it down every lie and every doubt this is my surrender Do whatever you want to 
Breathing each moment I'm giving. 
set a fire, light that match that shines you into our lives and into the world. So let's sing this out. So light a match, let it go, set a blaze, uncontrolled. I want that fire. that you burn inside of us is an all-consuming fire. So we thank you for being the one that sustains us. Thank you for loving us. And helping us get to the place where you see us to be. We are eternally grateful for who you are. We pray over this time we get to spend together, our families, our children, grandchildren, 
great-grandchildren, generations to come, Lord, because everything we do today matters to the next generation and beyond. You're not done with us, Lord. You are just getting started. So we welcome your presence today, Lord. We're thankful that we get to worship you. And we declare that today with all of our hearts. this is your first time back so welcome home we get to be in the presence of our God Almighty that his hand of blessing is still with his people he is still on the throne that's why we can worship him we don't we don't worship an empty throne we worship the throne room where God is sitting upon the throne we worship him we're worshiping in that throne room Now, for some, it might be a foreign thing. Like, I don't understand what that means, a throne room. Well, we do have a God who knows what is happening and is in control. So instead of us looking at what is out of control, let's focus on God 
in whom is all control. And today we get to celebrate 4th of July in his presence because he has given us a country that we have the freedoms to worship him in this kind of way. So can we thank God for that, that we live in such a freedom like this. I'm going to ask you before you're seated, tell somebody hi, just throw up a shock or a wave. And some of you might do a bump fist, elbow fist, or foot shake. I don't know how you guys are doing that. Uh, And then for those of you online, you can tell someone good afternoon or good morning, depending on where you are. We are going to have a great day today because of who God is. So good morning to all of you. I wish I could greet every single person, but um, no can do. But that's okay. We get to at least see each other. And it's not going to be like this forever. Uh, We are in the process of, you know, every week just getting better and better little by little. Some of you are asking about notes and things like that. What do we do with our notes? Well, we do have it. For those of you who are online, you click the link. But for many of us, we use the Bible app. Uh, We do want to say thank you to our worship team. Can we just thank them uh, for bringing us into the presence of God and just reminding us on how good God is. You know, sometimes we we hear that phrase, right, God is good. And um, when I I first came to know God and and learning about the, the different terms of what we call Christianese, I was learning about this, the, the different phrases. Like when I would say something good to someone, uh, they would say, oh, praise God. And I didn't know what that meant. And then I would say something that was happening in my life and they would say, oh, glory to God. I'm thinking, I don't, I don't understand what that means. So as time went on, as, as I started to, you know, get used to the verbiage and when someone would say, oh, praise God, I thought I was supposed to praise God. Like, oh, yeah, praise God. So it was... It was, as time went on, trying to learn these Christianese words. But then I came across this one phrase. And you might know this phrase. In fact, we sang it this morning. And it is this. And I want you to finish it, okay? Because I'm sure you might be aware of this phrase. God is good. And all the time. And I was like, well, how come people are saying that? I would say, yeah, just in a sentence, I will say, yeah, God is so good. And someone would say, yeah, all the time. I'm like, yeah, that's true. And they'd be like, no, that's not how it goes. I said, what, what are you talking about? They said, yeah, you're supposed, to repeat the, you're supposed to repeat back to me that God, is, that God is good. And then I say all the time. And then you say all the time. And then I say God is good. I'm like, what? I don't understand. They said, no, it's just a, it's a catchy way for us to remember these things. So as time went on, started to catch on to it. And then when I would say God is good, someone else would say all the time. And I'd be like, and all the time. And then they'll say God is good. So it was really, really good. But then after a while, it was just a phrase. It's like God is good. And all the time. Yeah, so I would just repeat it. But I never thought God was good. I just said it. Because it was a cool thing to say. And it was fun to say. And then after a while, I was getting uh, too used to it that I was getting upset. Because I would say God is good and someone would say all the time. And I'm like, wait, wait, can't you just end it there? Can we not just say God is good and then we good? Why do we have to keep going? I mean, when does it end? God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Yes, he is. You're right. I'm too. You are. Like, how do we, where does it? So, but what I love from that, just that phrase and in learning that, it was the constant reminder that no matter what I was feeling, God is always good. Even in our prayers growing up, we said, uh, God is great. God is good. God, we thank you for our (laughs) food. It doesn't even rhyme, but at least it's God is great. God is good. So we're growing up with that kind of mentality that God is good. 
But what happens when things don't look good? What happens when you know God is good, but you don't feel like he is? Because we go through this thing, this thing called life. I went to a, um, I don't know if you can, well, you can't see this. I was at the beach yesterday, and some of my friends are like, what is that on your arm? I was like, oh, that is my arm. See him. But there's this like circular things, and it's, um, I'm not trying to show my arms. I'm just showing you there's these, it's these suction cups from this physical therapy that I went through, I went to, and, and the guy was telling me, you know, okay, we're going to work your, 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 your arm and your shoulder because he's asking me what areas are like in pain. I'm like, I don't know. I guess like, yeah, my shoulder, uh, my left arm, my hip, my left knee, ankle sometimes, sometimes my hand, this hand, pinky, neck, maybe neck, like this, I can turn, but I cannot turn. Yes, he's like, so what do you want to work on today? I said, uh, maybe my shoulders, like start slow, right? Just go with the slow things. So he starts working the different muscle groups, and then he touches an area in the back of my neck, and he says, oh, you like sweets? I was like, how you know? He's like, well, it, you, you, you're kind of intense back here. I was like, yeah, because I like my wife. She's very sweet. She loves when I do cheesy things like that. She writes it in her journal. He said I sweet today. So I'm thinking, how do you know I like ice cream and sweets and all of that? And but he he said your your muscles, like your muscles keep record of the things that you do. So he starts working this shoulder and then this shoulder. And then he says, Oh, this is gonna be painful. I said, Wait, what what is gonna be painful? And then he does the thing. I'm like, ooh. And he goes, It's not there yet. It's here it comes again. And he moves it again. Sorry, it's a little uh, I don't know what the word is uh, Gross But he pops it in And I feel my shoulder go in place Or whatever that um, socket is For the area I don't know the terms and, it, and he says How long were you like this? I was like you know I can take offense to that What do you mean? What do you mean? How long was I like this? Talk to my wife She can tell you Long time he was like this What do you mean? He said Well how long were you living with this pain? I said I, I, don't, I don't know I, I, I just kept living with it. I don't, I don't know. I never know. I was in pain. And then he works this shoulder, and this is the worst one. I, I injured it, and then like a, like a man, right, the wife says, what happened? And I say, oh, I, I, I think I tore something because I landed, and I heard something crunch or tear or something happen. But I was fine. I was like, I got up, and I was like, okay, I can, okay, I can still eat. Okay, I'm good. So... Next day, I wake up, I can't move it. And you know, you try to hide from your wife because you don't, you don't want to get into that predicament of what happened, and you got to tell the story, and then there's no pity anyway, so no sense tell the story. So I, I get up the next day, I'm like, why can't I move my arm? I'm like, oh, that was from yesterday. Oh, no. So Heidi, of course, sees me <laughs> trying, to, trying to walk it off. It's like, <laughs> and, and, and every, every step, there's, there's some pain, and and then she asked the question, what's the matter with your arm? It's good. It's, it's all right. She says, no, the other one. I said, oh, yesterday I fell. And, you know, and the dogs pulled, and I fell and ah, injured my shoulder. What do wives say to the men? Why don't you go to the... And what do we say? No need. They only going to tell me what I already... Right. So we don't like pay one bill for something we already know because we went to school for, what, 18 years? Doctors only went for like six to eight. So we should know more than doctors, of course. So I didn't check it, and that was years ago. 
So now he has to work this shoulder. And he puts these suction cups, and the darker the blood, the more toxins there are in your blood. And all of these areas are dark purple. And then he says this, okay, you need to move your shoulder, your arm, while these cups are on, and just keep going when you do that final stretch. As painful as it is, it's going to be good. As painful as it is, it's going to be good. And as I'm going through these different exercises, I'm reminded about God's goodness. What I did is, and many of us do this, we live with our bodies in pain and we just get used to it. So we just, we develop new habits. I cannot use this arm, I'll use this arm. I, I cannot walk straight, I'll just walk with an, like, some my man. Like, it's just, now that's our walk. So we, we get used to it, we compensate. This knee goes out, we use this knee. Then this knee goes out, then we get crutches. And then our arms come sore, we get a wheelchair. So we, we keep compensating, but we never fix what's wrong. And that's what happens to us spiritually, emotionally, mentally. There are deep hidden hurts and pain. We went through tragic situations that we never dealt with, and now we're just living with it. We compensate. We do something else. We jump from this relationship to the next, thinking that that's going to remedy the pain that I feel. Or my pride comes up because I don't want to deal with that, so I'm not going to go there. Or I treat people in a, in a condescending way because I'm not going to be the one that's going to be less than, so I'm going to make you feel devalued, therefore I feel valued. Or I'm going to have outbursts of anger because if I'm angry, then you're not going to tell me what to do because that's my hidden hurt. And there are things that are deep inside that God comes in and he says, we're going to have to do some therapy. Oh, it's going to be painful for a little while, but it will be good. Because God is good. How often? Yeah, every single time. He's not only good when we need things or when we pray to him and then he answers a prayer. He's good even when we're in pain. He's good even though we go through the painful moments of trying to surrender to him. We, we go through so many things in life that after a while, we don't even know which way is up. We don't know which way to go. We don't know which direction to turn. And so we turn to God, yet we've never surrendered our entire life to him. That's what this series is all about. It's really coming to a, a life of surrender to God. Because if there's no surrender, we won't know how good God is. In James, the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17, it tells us that every good gift and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. There is no darkness in God. There's no deception with God. There's no, there's no trickery with God. He's always true and he's always good. I was texting someone uh, in the morning, and I meant to say good morning, and then I was just saying, hey, can we meet later, maybe have lunch, something. And I, I double-checked before I sent it, because we should double-check when we send text messages, because thanks be to autocorrect that you're trying to say something, and it says something else, and that doesn't work very well. So I double-checked, and instead of saying good morning, I missed an O, and it said God morning. And I thought, I can still send that. Like, that's still sendable. God morning is probably better than good morning. Because if it's a God morning, it will be a good morning. Because God is a good God. 
Every good gift and perfect gift comes from him. That word good gift means useful. And when God gives us something, it's useful. It's pleasant, agreeable, like it works with us. Why? Because he knows how we're created. So when he gives us a good gift, like love, and we use it in the way he de- he, that he, he created it to be used for, it's agreeable. It works in a relationship. Not perverted, but it works because it's a good gift from him. It means joyful, happy, excellent, distinguished, upright, and honorable. That's the good gift that God gives to us. That perfect gift, the word perfect means to, it's brought to an end. There's a finish. It's whole. It's complete. It's like when you cook something, you make a, a good meal, and it tastes good. It's like perfect. It's complete. Or a good dessert. You make a really good dessert, and it came out how you wanted it to, and you ask someone to taste it, and they're like, that's, that's perfect. That's what God is saying. That's the good gifts that he gives and the perfect gift. It's complete. It's whole. It's just like you needed it to be. It means wanting nothing necessary to completeness. There's nothing else you can add to it that will make it any better. Try do that with a cook. Like my mom would make um, chicken and papaya. Some of you are like, oh, chicken and papaya. Made chicken and papaya. I added shoyu. She's like, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just adding shoyu. She goes, you didn't even taste it. I said, well, I, I just put shoyu in it. She's like, I'm not making that for you. I was like, What? <laughs> No soup for you. I'm like, why? But to her, it's like, it's complete. It's perfect. You don't need to add anything more. And what God does, is he gives us good and perfect gifts. And then we try to add whatever we want to it, thinking that it's not good for us. And God says, no, what I give to you is good and it's perfect. Now, it's easy to say God is good when you're in a place in life where things are going well. Or maybe in your thought life, the processes that we go through, that we're able to believe that regardless of the situation we find ourselves in, that things are still good. We're not in bad shape. We're, our finances are okay. Family is okay. But God is good even though what is happening around us isn't good. Circumstances do not determine the goodness of God. All the not-so-good things that has ever happened throughout history, even in our own personal lives, come out of sin or God's judgment, His righteous judgment, to mankind can always be traced to those things that's why i love what paul the apostle teaches in the book of philippians chapter 2 verse 13 he said for it is god which worketh in you to both in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure so when god brings goodness to us it's a part of his will he wants us to be in him with his goodness. Otherwise, we'll look for goodness in the world, and it is only goodness temporarily. But God's goodness is sustainable. There is a, there is a, a, a place in the Bible where Saul, who was the king of Israel, God's anointing was no longer on him. And Saul was dealing with his own insecurities and, and things like that. And here comes a younger up-and-coming king called David. Now Saul becomes jealous, and David plays the harp to ease Saul's pain. Whether it's a mental pain he was going through or emotional, but, but David comes in, and, and God allows an evil spirit to come to Saul. 
And, and the Bible says that God sent an evil spirit. And it can almost seem like, wait a minute, I thought God was good. So how can God send an evil spirit? What happens is when, when God's hand is on someone, it's like light, right? Whenever there's light, anytime you turn off light, what happens? Yeah, can you turn off this light real quick, Roxanne? The, the, um, the house, yeah. So once light goes away, it becomes dark. You can turn the light back on. But once light comes on, then there's light, yellow, orange, and green. Wow, that was cool. So when the light comes on, why does darkness go away? Because without light, there is only darkness. There is no darkness unless there's no light. Darkness really doesn't exist. Light does. So when God's hand is removed from Saul's life, the darkness comes in. That evil comes in. And our flesh longs for evil. Our flesh wants that evil. Our spirit wants the good. But our flesh wants the evil. It's like, I liken our flesh to junk food. Like junk food. Potato chips. Uh, spam musubi. Hot dogs. Uh, Vienna sausage. What else kind of foods we eat that is junk? Ice cream. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, we save that one for later. But... All the, all the junk foods we're going to eat today, all of that tastes so good. And then we get the good food, salad, right? Fruits and vegetables. Now, some fruits taste good. Some vegetables taste good. Pastor Bunny had me try beets. Beets. You guys like beets? Who likes beets? Okay, what I'm about to say might offend you then. Because when I first ate beets, it, I, I was like, this is like dirt. It, to me, to me, to me, in my opinion, it tasted like dirt. And Bunny's like, it should, it grows in the dirt. I'm like, then no sense, eat beets. Just go eat dirt. Got more nutrients, I'm supposing. But the good food tastes junk. And the junk food tastes good. So our flesh, wanting the junk Food in the world will always gravitate towards that. It takes a lot from our spirit to want to do good. We're going to need our spirit to connect with God in order for the health to come in. Our flesh is not going to process through the good. Our flesh gravitates towards evil. Our spirit, however, when connected with God, is the lifeline for health for what is good. When Jesus came to his disciples, in fact, he kind of picked out Simon Peter. And he says, Simon, Simon, this is in Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 33. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But then Simon Peter replied to Jesus, he said, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Next scene, Peter's at a distance. And then he starts weeping because he makes eye contact with Jesus. And it's almost like Peter's own words ruined him. And he denies Jesus three times. The one, the very one that said, I will go with you to the death, is the very one who denied Jesus. See, that sifting, that, that spirit that comes in, 
Jesus said, I pray your faith doesn't fail you. Why? Because your faith, that's your spirit, is gonna have to do some battles when your flesh, that evilness of us, wants to run and be distant from me. So I pray your faith doesn't fail you. Isn't it amazing when someone prays for us? That when you can go to someone and say, can you pray for me? You know, so-and-so is not doing well. My dad, my mom, I'm not doing well. And they pray for us. We pray over one another. Imagine Jesus praying that our faith doesn't fail us. This is the Son of God. I would have hoped that Jesus would say, no worries, I get you back. Satan has asked to sift you. I'm going to lick him. I get him. No worries, I can take him out. Hey, Peter, what, oh, oh, Satan asked to sift you. Stand behind me. I, I'll fight this for you. Why did Jesus say, no, Peter, I, I pray your faith doesn't fail you? See, what Jesus does is he equips us to do battle with him. So when you and I are going through a difficult time, even when it seems like God isn't good, let's pray that our faith doesn't fail us because Jesus is praying for us that our faith doesn't fail us. I want to leave you with these differences between the flesh and the spirit because the Bible actually lays it out so that we can have a clear distinction between the two. Galatians 5, 19 through 23 says that the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, fashions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And Paul the Apostle is speaking this to the church in Galatia. He says, I warn you, as I did before, it's almost like, you know, we had this talk before, but I'm going to warn you again, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, he could have stopped there, and it would almost seem like there's no hope then, because where's the hope? And then Paul continues, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, forbearance in this scripture, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then he says, against such things there is no law. He's talking about the Ten Commandments and the different laws that they had. He said, against these things, there's no law. There's no law that can come against it. There's no law that can be lived out that will produce this. It's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of my spirit, not the fruit of your spirit. It's the fruit of the spirit. That's his spirit. So the fruit that comes out of our life is not even ours. It's his. He will bear better fruit in and through us than we could ever try to manufacture. That's going to be his love, his joy, his patience, goodness, and so forth. It's going to be his. Why? Because God is good. That's the fruit of the spirit, goodness. And he'll give that to us. I want to I give you this that, that we can take with us. This is the only thing I want us to remember today. Well, you can remember more, but take this with you. God gives good and perfect gifts. So wives, look at your husband and be like, see? I told you. <laughs> Children, look at your parents. I'm a good and perfect gift. Grandchildren, you are good and perfect gifts. You're not perfect as in not making mistakes, but how God designed us, he designed us in a perfect way to have this communion with him, this relationship with him. 
We're not presents or gifts. There's a difference. When they would give their offering at the temple of God, that offering was a gift to God. It was done in honor. It was an act of honor, an act of, of letting God know that he is worthy of this offering. Like when we give our tithes and offerings, we're saying, God, you're worthy of this. This belongs to you. So it was, it was done with, a, with a, a heart that said, you, you, I'm giving you this because I want to honor you with this gift. They also use that for the poor. So Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God or see the kingdom of God. Being that poor in spirit means you're hungering for God. You're relying on God for everything. When Jesus was going to enter another city, he went through a place called Samaria. Now, the Samaritans never got along with the Jews. The Jews never got along with the Samaritans. So when Jesus is going through Samaria, the disciples were thinking, why are you going through Samaria? Like, isn't this not the place that they want to destroy you? You know, we don't get along. But Jesus went with purpose. Jesus finds himself at a place where a woman is drawing water out of a well. And then Jesus says, "Can can you give me a drink? And the woman replies, um, you're a Jew, I'm a, a Samaritan woman, and you're asking me for a drink? It's almost like saying, no, that, that's not how it works. I, no, I'm not going to give you a drink. And Jesus replies to her in John 4.10. He says, if you knew the gift, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. When Jesus offered up his life, it was his gift to God that benefited us. Jesus is the good gift God gave to us. Jesus is the perfect gift God gave to us. He gives us Jesus as a gift. He gave of himself. Now, yes, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. But for some reason, even though God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, even when God does good in my life, it doesn't always feel good, but it will be good. God still remains good even when I can't feel good. He still remains good. God's greatness is not dependent on how good things is. God's goodness is not dependent on how well things go. God's goodness is dependent on who he is. And he's unchangeable. So God is good every single time. And every single time, God is good. We're going to pray together. As we pray together, I know for some of you, you were asking, you know, so how do we do like the offering buckets and things like that? Because I know some of you, you, you give to God and, and he spoke to you and that's, that's great. It's a part of your relationship. We do have our, our tithe boxes in the back and they have the envelopes there. 
that you can do that. Some of us still give online or through the app, and some of you are still giving like that online, and that's fine. We just wanted to give you an opportunity to, to give to the God whom you serve and not miss the moment. But we're going to pray together as we bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have today, not only to give to you, but to receive that you're, you have given us good and perfect gifts. But the greatest gift of all is the sacrifice that your son made. So Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for us and giving us new life, for giving us the opportunity to receive from you your goodness. Help us to remember that you give good and perfect gifts. We pray for the the tithes and offerings as, as we give to you, that you would have your way, that we would steward well what you give to us so that more people can come to know you as Lord and Savior. That's our heart, Lord. So we thank you for this day. We celebrate you on this special day. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said together, amen.